In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Stefan LeCoe, joined, as always, by my wonderful, fantastic, and yes, inspirational co-host, Matt Wispay. This podcast is being brought to you by the good people of Blue Wire, Indeed, Pepsi, and Bet Online. If you want to, and you should, if you're not already following Matt, uh, check him out on Twitter, at WispyTheKid. You can find all of his great articles. You can find his lovely and beautiful witty banter with uh well let's say mainly michigan uh people <laughs> but uh there's a lot of good stuff to follow him on there you can find me on twitter at stay fun Co. but do check us out uh of course we come to you every thursday from our live not live but our quickly released college football fantasy podcast feed and of course on fridays at rotaviz radio we are thankful and grateful that you are here the day before thanksgiving Unfortunately, there have been way too many cancellations. It was depressing. I've had to knock like three different locks off my board. How are you handling all this nonsense, Matthew? I'm good. Uh, generally, I'm I'm okay. Uh, I've I have started um, waiting as pretty much long as possible to really look at the board for my picks, um, with the exception of like one or two games that I'm writing about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the biggest the bummer to me. <laughs> It's it's weird. It's probably Cincinnati Temple. I'm having a lot of fun watching the Cincinnati team, and I'm I'm kind of bummed out because we're gonna get two full weeks without them because the way AAC rules are set up is they can't schedule another game next week. Like they've already because they both have next week open, and they could have scheduled this game, but it sounds like a- the AAC has already like stopped that. So kind of a bummer that we're not gonna get to see the Bearcats for two weeks. They've been a whole it lot is of fun. A bummer. They have been. They've been they've been one of the fun stories of the year. The one that I was most disappointed about is kind of a weird one, but it was Minnesota at Wisconsin. I was just so excited to put a lot of money down on the over 54 and a half because that was going to hit in the first half. And I was excited. And uh, now we don't get to enjoy that. So that's I, will say, I mean, we have to mention it. We're losing. It's the Apple Cup, right? Washington, yep. and Washington State. Yep. Always a bummer. I mean, that game might have sucked this year. Um, it would have been just a, a good chance to watch Jaden Delora. Um, I was going to say that, suck. You would have enjoyed. You would have been betting the under on that. I'm sure. And I, I would have had Jaden Delora. That would have. I, I, I would have been. I would have written up something about him because he's been an 
really fun so far, but Washington is not going to be a fun team. Um, no. But they did. It sounds like they got rescheduled. I think Washington is actually, and we're going to, I'm going to add this to our preview picks. I think if it's not already there, um, Utah, is that official now? I thought so. I know that they've been like, so I'm, I'm pretty uh, tied in with Washington having lived up there for a while. And um, again, we had uh, Dave Mahler, uh, on the show, who's a huge Washington guy. He's at all their games calling, not calling a lot of them, but he's yeah, there exactly. in the press booth. But um, yeah, I know he was saying that it was looking like it was a strong possibility, but I don't know if I didn't see that it already happened. Again, I've been out all day. Game listed, so I'm going to put it on our list. Perfect. So we will be previewing that game later. Great. Um, so yeah, some of the other games that are that are off the uh, off the slate this week is San Diego State at Fresno State. Fresno State's won me some money this year, so that's disappointing. Uh, Louisiana Tech at FIU. Tulsa at Houston. Of course, you mentioned Utah. They were going to be playing Arizona State. And then Oklahoma at West Virginia is a bummer because I was definitely going to lock in Oklahoma in that one. I felt really good about that. And then, of course, you mentioned Cincinnati at Temple. But I think we may have buried the lead. One of the elite wide receivers um, in college football has opted out, and that is Rashad Bateman. Uh, Just take maybe a couple... Give me a couple of your thoughts uh, regarding Bateman, what you think this means uh, for him moving forward. Do you think this is going to affect his uh, draft capital at all? Is there maybe an opportunity to uh, buy or sell in Debbie, I mean, of course? It's hard to say. I would say that it, at face value, it's it's not great for his him because his season hasn't been amazing to this point. Let me, I guess I should have stats in front of me so I can actually make a case. Um doesn't help when you come unprepared to a podcast. Um, I mean, Bateman's really good. I think the the only question with Bateman is where among the top 10, I mean, re- top five receivers he goes in this class. He's definitely looking like he's a first-round pick. I mean, I'm criticizing the guy. He has 472 yards, easily the leader on his team, and nearly has, not even nearly, has more than double the number of receptions that the second most uh, player has on his team. Um, Really, really good player. I don't have, I mean, I've said a ton to say, or I've had a lot to really knock him on. He's, he's great. I think he's going to be a, um, an early draft pick. And I would, I mean, there's, there's not a buy window with him. Everyone knows what he is. He's definitely, I mean, he, he's kind of an established guy. I would say, if you want to buy him, if you like him more than Rondale Moore or um, Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith, you might be able to pick him up if you're willing to part with one of those guys because mm-hmm. there are quite a few people who don't like him as much. But honestly, he's one of those guys that the people who have him very likely already see him as the top guy in the class. And um, yeah, he's a tough guy to to go after unless you're willing to part with some big assets. And I'm not positive. He's worth that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, great player. He's going to be a really valuable player in the NFL. I think he's going to be a future wide receiver too on a really good offense. And I like him. I, I no knocks to him. I think he's a really interesting player. I, I don't think this is great for his draft stock though, but I also don't think it has a huge impact. I kind of think he already, uh, like a lot of people this year, his draft stock was only capable of going up or staying still. Okay. Uh, quick question for you. Uh, would you rather have, uh, I, I already know the answer, but 
because <laughs> I already know the answer because uh, because I know you you I was going to say Waddle, but you've moved Waddle up, but only because of the injury risk that Waddle has um, being out for the year right now with a pretty rough injury. He should be back in time for next year. But do you think you could maybe kind of go out for Waddle's going pro? Right. I, I meant with just with oh, his injury, though, like not there's always some risk of, you know, re-injuring or re-aggravating timelines getting messed up. I was just curious if you had uh, if you would swap Bateman for Waddle in a, in a heartbeat. I prefer Waddle. Um, yeah. Waddle would have been my wide receiver, too, had it not been for this injury. Um, yeah, I think. I, I really, really like Jalen Waddell. I think his athleticism is better than anything that that better than anything we've seen from um Bateman. Which honestly, that sounds like a knock, but it's really just a statement of how athletic Jalen Waddell is. And I think I would just prefer um Jalen Waddell. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Uh, let's and, move on because um, we've got a pretty big show and you keep adding to it with giving us more games to talk about with uh, Utah. One 20 seconds ago. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> um, but I, I know you, you got a, a pretty good uh, kick out of uh, some of the playoff rankings. So uh, Matt, can we talk a little bit about uh, you've got here BYU at 14 and you're, and you're laughing about it. So talk, talk to me a little bit about that. I don't know what the committee is seeing here. Now I get it. BYU's schedule is a joke. Um, their best win on the year, Houston? Nope, it's Boise State. It's a, it's a, they destroyed Boise State, who was against the backup, backup quarterback. And yeah, I, I get it. They're nine and zero and have mostly been steamrolling teams. On an, on a neutral field, who are you taking, Iowa State or BYU? BYU, but it's close. I don't think that one's close. Um, BYU or Miami? BYU, probably also. BYU or Georgia? Oh, gross. <laughs> BYU or Northwestern? Yeah, I mean, I'm taking BYU, BYU and Cincinnati. And I, I think BYU and Cincinnati is a, is a debate, and that's the thing is, why is Cincinnati ranked seven spots ahead of them? And I get the answer is because Cincinnati has beaten an AAC schedule, and I get that. They've done great. They deserve to be ranked that high. BYU was destroying teams and we all thought they were the best team in the country before like the SEC returned. And I, I just think it's kind of a joke that they're that far down. Honestly, I, I had they been at 10, I would have thought that was a little bit low. Um, one of the big reasons why um, they haven't, they didn't run out to schedule a game this week when they had their game canceled was, or did they have their game? Can, I don't know. One reason they didn't run out to schedule a game was because they didn't necessarily need it. And looking at this, I mean, I, I think they would have given any, had they known this was going to be the case, they would have done anything they could have to get that Washington game on their schedule. So kind of disappointment we got robbed of that game uh, this weekend. But I mean, I guess we'll get to see Washington play Utah and that'll be just as fun. So I don't know. That one to me is just funny. The other ones that are entertaining me, Georgia's not the ninth best team in the country. Please get them down to like 16. Um, yeah. Texas A&M isn't the fifth best team in the country. Please get them down to like, honestly, put them behind Cincinnati. Um, Oklahoma is better than Miami and Georgia and Northwestern. Get them up there. Um, Iowa State's not that high. Oregon's too low. And 
I'm I, I'm a little bit of a homer, and I get that they have eight games compared to our four. But can you explain to me why Clemson's record or why Clemson's season so far is more impressive than Ohio State? No, I cannot. They they have a they have a loss, I, and even ignoring the loss, they also have a you know close game that shouldn't have been close against a Boston College team. Yep. And the difference is is Ohio State seemingly let off the gas against a, a good team and almost let them back in it when they were crushing them. Clemson had to give the fight of their life to come back from 18 points down. So yeah, you're right. I, and I get it. They were on a backup quarterback, but I don't really care. I don't understand how they're ahead of Ohio state. And truthfully, I think we all know that the early college football playoff rankings are a little bit of a joke and they don't mean anything, but it's one of those things that any team that beats Georgia now beat a top 10 team. Um, well, I, I, and you know me, you know that I think people put way too much stock into these early polls and, and rankings and all that. But that's most years. This year, it feels different because these teams are playing so few games that it, it makes a huge difference. There's not going to be enough time for some of these teams to to make the jumps that they need to um, with, <laughs> with yeah, just, you know, a hand a handful of games total uh, especially with some of these getting canceled now so to me it, it is a pretty big deal and a team like byu yeah i mean good luck <laughs> you, it's not happening if anyone had any thought that like oh well byu and cincinnati one of them could you know if if some chaos happens they might be able to sneak in there is zero path to the playoff yeah. for byu and truthfully there is almost no path to a new year six game for byu because crazy. they're not eligible for the group of five right. like, auto bid. They would have to get it on a an at-large spot or whatever. Right. So they would have to get picked now over like six teams that are ranked above them. And that's just not going to happen. So you can, we can, they don't mean anything. They, they won't hold whoever the top four is right now really is meaningless until we get to the end of the year. But the truth is, this ranking was a death sentence to BYU's team for this season who had at least some aspirations of getting to play in a huge bowl game. And now we'll probably get to watch them in like the holiday bowl, whatever the heck that is this year. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, it's true. And uh, it makes you wonder just what these teams need to be trying to do with these cancellations. I mean, BYU, you wonder if, you know, um, if they can try to get some of these games on their schedule over the next couple of weeks, if that's going to be something they're going to want to do, or are they just going to throw in the towel and be like, well, we'll just go undefeated and we'll be like UCF was a couple of years ago, or we can just pretend like we are the national champions, even though everyone laughs at us. <laughs> I mean, if they can get that, if, if they end up in a bowl game against like Florida or something, they won't Ooh. because Florida, it won't be in that range. But if they were to somehow get matched up against Florida, I would love that game. Make that game happen. Do like if you're the playoff committee, don't be trying to make this game between like Florida and Northwestern that no one's going to want to watch or right. Georgia and Cincinnati that's just going to be awful. Put BYU in there, give them a platform and have some fun with it because the matchups this year, heck, it's going to be 2020 and in early 21, it's still going to feel like 2020. Just get weird with it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And you know what else I love is indeed I uh, have taken on a new role with my uh, with my day job, and it in includes hiring and recruiting and all that kind of stuff. And it can be really overwhelming trying to find good candidates, but Indeed has gone out of their way to really make sure that the process 
is as easy as possible, but also that you're not like just having to spend thousands of dollars when you don't really need all the extra bells and whistles that that you you know don't need for what you're looking for. And and one of the things I love about Indeed is that you can kind of um, you can only pay for what you need, and you can pause uh, you can pause your account at any time. Uh, there are no long term contracts, and that was one of the reasons why Indeed was perfect for me and my needs. And I just want to tell all of you out there who are looking right now to, to hire people. Um, Indeed is doing a great job. They have a new way of matching you with candidates instantly. Uh, they deliver you a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so that you can contact them the moment you start sponsoring a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Uh, so it's a great new tool that they have that can save you a ton of time and a ton of money. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with this free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire uh, to, to use this um, offer. Uh, the offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Again, I am using Indeed and I love it. It's super convenient when I see these different applicants just pop up in my email and I can click on a button and have everything just work seamlessly. So check them out. Use the code BLUEWIRE. You will not be disappointed. Uh, I was, however, disappointed in um, week 12. It was not a good week for me. It was not a great week for us. Uh, we both had a losing record on our locks. You went two and three. I went one and four. Oh, no, excuse me. That that, that, that like, was on the regular what? games. Yeah, that was the regular games. I went one and four. You went two and three. On the locks, you, you, you had a decent week. You went four and four, but... Uh, you'd been so hot that, you know, 50% just isn't near good enough. I went four for six. Uh, absolutely terrible. Not not happy at all. But we're going to get back back to it this week. Um, but before we jump into all of that stuff, let's take a look. Let's take a look back. Go over some of the, the games that you had on your slate and uh, kind of overall feelings about them. So <clears throat> I had so quickly to run through it before I get into my anger over some of these Liberty plus three and a half at NC State. I actually really would have taken the money line here, and I'm pretty happy that in all of this, I just said, take the points, take the points, take the points, because they ended up losing in kind of a heartbreaking fashion NC State, but whatever. It's a W. USC, uh, Utah under 58, only hit 50, great. Uh, Cincinnati minus four and a half at UCF, um, bummer. Uh, UCF scored late. UCF backdoor covered in this one late, Uh, pretty disappointing on this one. Um, Ohio State minus 10 and a half in the first half. Really was not close in the first half. Could have been an even worse score in the first half. Uh, they were up 28 to 7, easy cover. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State over 58 and a half, total only hit 54. I watched zero seconds of this game, so I can't really talk on it. Uh, Kansas State, Iowa State, uh, <laughs> this under one 46 me and a half, uh, total only hit 45. We'll circle back. Uh, <laughs> Coastal Carolina under 48 and a half, total got to 57. I, I just misread this game. And then, uh, Troy and MTSU. Um, I had Troy minus 11 and a half. Why do I take really big favorites? I don't do that normally, but whatever. Um, MTSU ended up winning outright. Um, just complete, complete mess up. So I say this Cincinnati losing their cover and getting back, uh, UCF picking up a backdoor cover, I feel like is justification for me winning Kansas State and Iowa State. That game was right. 35 to nothing at half. <laughs> Iowa State absolutely demolished Kansas State. 
And this game, they could have won this game 70 to nothing, but they decided to do me a favor and just stop scoring in the second half. So thank you. Thank you, Iowa State. Thank you, Matt Campbell. Really appreciate you just completely mailing in the second half for me because I did not deserve this win. And because of that, I'm totally cool with Cincinnati losing their uh, losing their cover. Right. I mean, it was so funny that, I mean, if Kansas State scores anything at all, like at least their defense held on. Like, yeah, their 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 offense also stopped scoring, but their defense refused to to give an inch and and just shut out Kansas State. <laughs> yeah, I was tweeted awesome. out about this game like three times during it. That up oh, chalk this one up as a loss. Yep, totally misread this one up. Oh, yep, lost this one, and then all of a sudden I look back and hey, they held on for a, a nice solid under win. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who took that over was pretty upset. Uh, I was very upset. I, I think the, the the game I was uh, I felt really good about that just completely completely broke bad um, in in many regards was that Wisconsin Northwestern game. I I just I don't know if it I, it was a combination of me overrating Wisconsin and underrating Northwestern. Um, but not only did I get Wisconsin minus seven wrong, I was also on the over because it was so freaking low at forty three and a half. I just did not foresee Wisconsin not being able to move the football at all. Uh, and uh, Northwestern ends up winning 17-7. So that one I was I was way off on. I, I also mean, got... team could move the ball in that one. They both averaged like three yards per play. It was, it was, it was ugly. The other one that I got way wrong uh, was Florida minus 31 and a half at Vandy. I thought they would roll. They ended up being fine towards the end of the game. But it was way too close for the first quarter. And I already, I knew then that... Uh, Florida is going to win the game comfortably, but they were not going to get that cover. And so I just had to move on. Um, my other big loss, the the double dip that also didn't work out for me was Oregon minus 13 uh, and under 67. The total uh, creeped up over uh, 70 to 73. And Oregon was actually kind of lucky to hold on and, and win that game. Uh, pretty disappointing result for, for or, I mean, good result for Oregon, disappointing uh, in the way it took place. Uh, but let's, Let's get into some of the ones that uh, that I hit. Um, I was on Bama minus 30 against Kentucky. My reasoning was I like to win, and so does Bama, and they won 63-3. to That one felt really, really good. Uh, Boise State, Hawaii, over 15.5, ended up at 72. That was pretty great. And then finally, Oklahoma minus 7 against Oklahoma State. They won comfortably 13-41. to So, yeah, uh, I need to be maybe a little bit more careful with uh, some of these uh, double dips that I like to do, but, uh, but that's all right. I'm going to... I'm going to uh, reevaluate and not necessarily stop because I did get one of half of them right. Um, our upsets, we 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 went, uh, you went 0 for 2, I went 1 for 1. I had Oregon State upsetting Cal, that one hit. I was wrong on Southern Miss. Um, and then App State and Rutgers, you were on. Rutgers kind of made it a game for a while there. Uh, I thought that one might might hit for you. But, it went to uh, triple Michigan. overtime. What are you talking I know. about making a game for a while? Yeah, I, 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 up in, well, I don't know if I ever thought Rutgers was going to win. Um, even though just because it's Rutgers, but, uh, yeah, Michigan's in a world of hurt. It's pretty crazy. Let's get into some of the games though. Um, let's start with the game that I'm sure you, uh, were very excited to, to, to talk about, even though it maybe scared you a little bit at the end there, Indiana at Ohio state. We both got this one wrong. We thought, Indi- we thought Ohio state would cover the 20 and a half. They end up winning by seven. I'm pretty sure we need to just put a preface on this. I'm going to tell you to pick Ohio state in every lock situation. Um, I can't I can't force myself to pick against him even if I think the side is all right. Um 
Ohio State's secondary kind of got exposed in this one. And by kind of got exposed, I mean they got completely exposed in the second half. Um, Michael Penix made some ridiculous throws under pressure to Ty Freifogel, who cost me a decent amount um, in this one. So, uh, yeah, overall, Ohio State, their running game got moving. I was pretty happy to see Master Teague did a lot of work. I think he had like 169 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Really good performance. This was the worst Justin Fields performance you will ever see. Um, So if you think, if you're using this to like knock Justin Fields down your Debbie ranks and think, oh, this clearly means Trevor Lawrence is is the number one. I'm fine if you have Trevor Lawrence as one. If you're going to tell me anything about Trey Lance or Kyle Trask or blah, 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 all these other guys, he had one bad game. Coming into this game, he had 11 incompletions. He went 18 for 30 in this game, which is stupid for him because he, like most quarterbacks, 60% completion is good for uh, or for Justin Fields. All of a sudden, we think the world is ending. His three picks were bad, though, um, and they just look like the blitzes got to him in a way they haven't ever before, and it was weird. So not a good performance for Ohio State, but, I mean, realistically – this game wasn't, it was one of those games that was like very rare. Only in the last like one drive was I ever even moderately concerned. And in that moment, the defensive line was getting pressure and making it pretty difficult on, um, on Penix. So I said a lot yeah. of words there pretty much. Yeah. I got a top 10 win and probably comes out of this thinking that the world is ending. Right. Right. It's, it's sometimes nice when you're a fan of a team that wins a game quarterback doesn't play super great, but you're still undefeated. You're looking to head to the playoffs. Everyone's freaking out, but <laughs> there's really no reason to be concerned. I think every other country, every other team in the country outside of maybe two or three would love to trade um, positions with Ohio state right now. Absolutely. A solid team. Would you put the over under for, for next week's game against Illinois, uh, Justin Fields incompletions four and a half under yeah me too which is just absolutely insane uh the player i was watching was uh ty freifogel who you mentioned he had 14 targets he he racked up seven receptions for 218 and three touchdowns absolutely studly day for him uh he's had a great season so far be interesting to see what happens to him come draft time uh let's move on to another game that we referenced earlier cincinnati at university of central florida florida was given uh six points they ended up covering by going uh 36 33 uh, you were watching Jerome Ford, who went three for five, a uh, pretty quiet day. And uh, Dylan Gabriel had a, a pretty solid outing. Um, by his standards, he didn't rack up a ton of yards. Uh, when you throw about 50 times and you only get 243, maybe it's a little disappointing after all. But he had three touchdowns, interception. Um, what did you think of this one? I mean, this was, I, by all accounts, this was a pretty close game. Looking at the win probability chart for uh, on ESPN on this one, there was for the pretty much the entire first half UCF was favored to take this game. And at halftime uh, Cincinnati reclaimed the lead and really at that point just kind of did what they needed to do to close it out. Um, I don't have a ton of thoughts. I think Cincinnati probably, this was just, they've been on such a run recently that this is kind of their one game where they slipped up a little bit where, all of a sudden they didn't come out as focused as they had been. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to just say this one now because I was talking about it with Travis earlier in the week. 
do not fall for the Desmond Ritter is this year's Jalen Hurts whenever he comes out in the NFL draft. Um, it's going to happen. Dude has been a very strong winning quarterback, and everyone's going to say, oh, Desmond Ritter, I think this guy's got some real upside. I think he might be this year's Jalen Hurts. He might be, he'll be a sleeper. I'm going to grab him. He's not. He's not that good. Um, he's not a pro quarterback. He is an incredible athlete. He is an incredible runner, but he is Trace McSorley. And yeah, don't don't buy into that hype. I'm just warning you early. That will be the narrative that pops up on him. All right. No, I think I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, let's move on to our our next game. We have Wisconsin at Northwestern. Again, we mentioned this. Uh, player you were watching was Peyton Ramps. He had a solid game, 23 completions for 203 and two. Like you said, both both offenses really uh, really struggled in this one. Jake Ferguson, the guy I was watching, tight end for Wisconsin, did lead the team in both receptions and yards. He had seven for 58. Uh, that kind of tells you when your leading receiver on the day only has 58 yards. It's uh, it's been a, it's been a tough day at the office. Uh, Jake Ferguson, uh, junior tight end. He's he's had a pretty decent career here in Wisconsin. He's someone that I'm going to continue to watch moving forward because um, he's already, you know, tied his season high in touchdowns for the year. And he's on, on pace to have a, a pretty solid year. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how his career uh, continues to unfold. Um, but what did you think of this one? I just got this one completely wrong. I was, I was pretty surprised. I mean, I, I knew Northwestern had a good defense, but I did not expect Wisconsin to get completely shut out. I mean, obviously they weren't literally shut out, um, but you know what I mean. I mean, Northwestern forced five picks in this game and basically did nothing with them. Uh, or not five picks, but five turnovers in this game and basically did nothing with it. Um, just a bad game. I, I mean, Northwestern is going to still, despite the fact they've been a little bit better this year and they actually have competent QB play, Northwestern still wants to ugly up the game yeah, and just it, win in this fashion. Say what you want about, oh, well, Wisconsin probably, like, this is their worst. Wisconsin outgained Northwestern by over 100 yards. It's the five turnovers that did everything. Northwestern, uh, I'm sorry, Wisconsin had the ball for 37 minutes of this game. This, I, I bet, I haven't pulled it up yet, but I bet if we go and look at post-game win expectancy on this one, Wisconsin probably has a higher post-game win, ex- win expectancy compared to uh, Northwestern in this one. So, it, it's just one of the, uh, it happens. You sometimes end up, yeah, Wisconsin had a post-game win expectancy on this game of 90%. Um, it, it happens. Sometimes things break wrong. And the fact that they had all those turnovers and Northwestern did a really nice job with this game. It just sucks if you're Wisconsin. And now, I mean, they got the pile on news today that they're not, even if they'd won this game, they wouldn't have been eligible for the Big Ten Championship anyway. Yeah, that's a rough day, a rough, a rough, week, a rough couple of days, I should say. Uh, quick question for you: I blindly will pick Alabama every single week. I'll blindly put a small bet on Bama to cover every week because it's Bama. Should I be doing the same with Northwestern unders? Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's it's forty one and a half against Michigan State. You know me; I don't t- like to touch yeah, anything in the forties. It, it makes me nervous. Offenses, and I mean, it might be the I two know. worst offenses in the Big Ten. Um, I think you're probably uh, yes is the answer. But I mean, I would never, I would never recommend anyone do a forty one under. But I bet you it hits. You want to hear something funny? What? You're gonna hear that game later. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> and I'm going to give you no explanation. 
Uh, well, I think we just did. Let's move on, though, to uh, a game that was a lot more exciting if you're, uh, well, at least for one team, if you're a fan of scoring points. That uh, was Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma was laying seven. They ended up covering pr- pretty easily, 13 to 41. Uh, y- your boy, Stevenson, had a game 26 for Stevenson. Thank you. 26 for 141, and he added another 54 through the air. Has he taken over this backfield yeah. officially, or is yeah. this... Uh... He would have been, the, for what it's worth, Ramondre Stevenson would have been the starter um, at the beginning of this year. So people might have forgotten. Well, outside of Kennedy Brooks, of course. No, he would have been ahead of Kennedy Brooks. You um, think so? Yes. So Ramondre Stevenson was the backup running back uh, for most of last year. Uh, the only reason why he was not playing for most of this year was there was a suspension just before their bowl game. And he was one of like four or five players that were kind of quiet, not even quietly, but like suspended without reason. They didn't tell anyone why they were suspended. Um, So he was out for a lot of games. And so now Seth McGowan filled in um, TJ Pledger filled in, but you may have noticed neither one of them are great. Like I think McGowan still has a high upside for the future, but there's a reason McGowan isn't they didn't want him starting right now. Um Stevenson, since he's been back, already has, I think, pretty close to he has he's got five touchdowns on fifty carries and is doing really well. That number might be wrong. Not five touchdowns. That number's wrong. Ignore that number. Whatever. But he's I mean, he's he's already the best running back in their backfield, and he is no, he does. He does have five touchdowns on 50 carries. I overthought this one, but he's had 87 yards, 104 yards, and now 141 yards. He's getting his legs under him. He's really good. I actually think this is a guy that will get drafted at the back end of the draft next year. He'll probably be a dude that falls because of a ton of red flags, and maybe he's an under, a, pri- a priority UDFA, um, but a talented player. I mean, I think he right now, I, I think they'd be foolish to give the ball consistently to anyone else it seems like he has brought a a spark to that offense that i don't want to say struggled early on but it definitely wasn't the oklahoma offense we expected it was struggling with running the ball i remember us talking about how you could really see that like last year they had relied so much on hurts and with him gone and and rattler not really you know not wanting to put all the running game on him there was a lot of problems there and and he really has uh, come through to your point uh, player I was watching was Marvin Mims. I was curious uh, how he would perform now that you know a couple more players had come off injuries. Uh, he led the team in um, in receiving yards at 65. Crazy that um, this Oklahoma team scores 41 points and your leading receiver has 65 yards, but uh, that's what happened. They uh, Spencer Rattley really did spread the ball around quite a bit, and uh, yeah, I I think Oklahoma has really turned the corner. They're a team that I'm backing. Pretty heavily, those two losses might loom too large for them to make it to the playoff. Uh, but uh, but man, they're they're coming on strong. Where in you the, in home stretch in next year's QB group? I mean, is he? Do you have him ahead of how? Do you have him ahead of? I have him. I think he's number one. Yeah, I I think I'm I think I'm there with you. I think even though how I think the the statements that we've made about how as a he's having a disappointing year is mostly just we set absurd expectations for him. He's improved pretty much across the board. It's just his team isn't playing as well this year. I I, I probably have him and Hal as kind of a 1A, 1B, but I I think 
I, I definitely think it's a, a much bigger conversation. And for two or three weeks, we were sitting there wondering if Spencer Rattler might get benched. Yeah, well, he was <laughs> for like a quarter <laughs> in that one game. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I think too, like I, I, I think we mentioned this earlier in the year, but I had not really given an, enough thought to the fact that you have a new quarterback, new backfield, a lot of new receivers, and no real offseason. I think we should have expected that there would be some hiccups early on for Oklahoma, and it might take them a while to become the team that they are right now. And that's one of the things that's always interesting about college football is when so few teams make the playoff, those early games really do matter. Uh, whereas, you know, if, if 16 teams get in, Oklahoma might have a shot at going pretty far. So uh, definitely disappointing for them. But I think they uh, arrow pointing up, especially for uh, for next year, when, you know, teams lose guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, Oklahoma, I think, will be, uh, you know, one of the most, continue to be one of the more explosive and potent offenses in the entire country. Agreed. USC at Utah. Utah plus three. I was wrong on this one. You were correct. Uh, you, Utah kind of kind of hung around for a little while, but USC pulled away late. 33-17 is the final score. Your boy, uh, Brew McCoy, I'd like you to talk a little bit about him because he did lead the team in, uh, in, in receptions and, and receiving yards. So, so talk to us a little bit about McCoy, kind of the unsung hero there in a really, really stacked wide receiver room with guys like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Vons. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about this guy. So I think calling him an unsung hero is sort of a, a misnomer. I think he was just forgotten about. Uh, Brew McCoy was the number nine overall player in the class of 2019. Um, people sort of forgot about him because he committed to a school and then decommitted and then went to a school after signing a letter of intent and then immediately getting homesick and transferring out and having to sit a year. Um, he went to Texas and basically once he got there, he realized I didn't want to go to Texas. Um, so everyone kind of forgot. That's how, how I felt when I moved to Texas too, yeah, in all fairness. I mean, <laughs> Do I? Th- I think athletically, he is probably the best of the Amon Ross St. Brown, Drake London, Tyler Vaughns, um, and him bunch. I think he is a ridiculous athlete, and I think he has probably the highest future upside of all of them. And I say that knowing that Drake London looks like a star right now, and that Amon Ross St. Brown is kind of proven that we know what he can be. Um, but Brew McCoy's really, really talented. And I'm he's basically a true freshman out there right now. Like we can say, oh, well, he was with the team all last year. He he spent a lot of time dinged up last year. So he's basically in the eyes of like Debbie, we should be sort of treating him like an old freshman. So I'm really excited about him. I think that he's he's unlikely to come out after his junior year, which is always a bummer, but or his what would be his true junior year, but is actually going to be his red shirt sophomore season. Um, I think he's really, really good. I think he is a guy that I probably am going to go. If he's on a roster, just go throw out low offers. See if someone's willing to bite. Maybe if you're not a content or if you're not a, well, it's probably hard because a lot of trade deadlines have passed in these leagues, but like in the off season, he's a dude that like during the Debbie draft, maybe just toss out an offer. Um, with one of your picks and just offer it up as to someone to see if they want to get on the clock. He's a dude I really like. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you don't get to be the number nine overall by overall player by being okay. You get there by being a freak and he was a freak. And so 
I'm I'm not surprised to see him making an instant impact. I'm kind of surprised by the distribution that they're doing right now because it is really, really spread out. And I kind of thought this was going to be someone ended up being dominant. And I thought it was going to be Amon Ross St. Brown and he hasn't gotten there yet. Right. And and I I think that's been pretty interesting uh, to see that development because I know you were hoping to, that Amon Ra would have just a huge um, dominator rating after this year and just have it uh, just an absolute. He he would not be a um, a top 12 Debbie asset for me anymore. And he was coming into this year. Yeah. Uh, so so the game it was only a seven point game at halftime. And then Utah got shut out in the second half. Uh, what do you think this means for both these schools moving forward? USC had been underwhelming up until this point. Utah obviously had games canceled, so we haven't seen them. Do you think USC is a Pac-12 uh, contender yes. for the championship? Do you think Utah's season is in trouble? Just yes. real quick. Utah season's in trouble only because it was always in trouble. Um, sure. They had to replace nine. Well, I had, well, they had, I had to... hope for them. They replaced nine starters on defense and their starting running back and their starting quarterback. I know, I know. We've talked about this, but they, they're the a very solid Utah, coach Utah team. Way, yeah, but they were also way overperforming last year. They were a team that was... So you know how in like college basketball, there's always like the one team that gets kind of far in the tournament because they're very senior-laden and they just play really well together? Usually it's like a Michigan State or something like that where they have... Not really, but like that type I of know team what you mean, and yeah. like, that gets really far in the tournament. And you're like, wow they're not the superstar team. They're just, they just play really good basketball and they just do a, that's what Utah was last year in football. They were the team that knew their identity. Everyone was playing a role. They were built together and this group came up together and they were very old. Um, And then they all left and it's so hard. Even if you are the best defensive-minded coach in the country, it's so hard to replace nine starters because it doesn't matter if those guys are NFL guys, Power 5 guys, Group of 5 guys, Division 2 guys. If they've had reps at the college level and you're having to replace them with guys that have not had reps at the college level, those dudes look shook the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I I mentioned him last week as a guy that I thought was going to get on the field. Clark Phillips was an Ohio State commitment I think he had like five tackles in the game. If I'm a Utah fan, I love seeing that. But at the same time, if you're hoping that they're suddenly going to get good this year, you should be a little bit terrified that a true freshman, um, true freshman quarterback or cornerback is not only on the field, but is on the field a lot, because that means that you lack the depth to be able to just bring him in in a rotation to start. And I understand that like I come from a spoiled program. That's like, a true national championship contender where a five-star comes in and could sit for two full seasons. But at the same time, even if you're a fringe playoff contender, you it's so getting guys out there that don't have college reps matters. And it's, it's why I think Utah's going to struggle quite a bit this year. So, and Jake Bentley's just a bad quarterback. So they're going to struggle. Yeah, no, that's fair. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I, I do think USC could be a team that uh, that rounds into form as as they get more games under their belt as well. So I, I do see both these programs heading in opposite directions, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this this upcoming week. USC at Colorado. Colorado's been a, a kind of an upstart, uh, yeah, team here early on. Which, which they, you which know what they, they are though. Utah's a really. They've been. We all. They're like the gritty team that we all love. They're not really. They're not really athletic, right? 
We would all agree. Mm-hmm. But by comparison to the super, they're not really athletic. But you know what else? Thanks to natural athleticism or com- or a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent will ever play of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. And this football season is going to be a little bit different, but Pepsi is ready for you here on game day, no matter how you watch, because every weekend we get to see Mac Jones out there absolutely dealing the football, making it a shootout every single game. You're going to need to have four quarters of energy, and Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for people who play the game. It's made for the people who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. I won't lie to you i have we're recording on wednesday tomorrow is thanksgiving and i have a fridge filled with pepsi products that i am excited to enjoy tomorrow um and my kids are extremely extremely excited to enjoy tomorrow uh so yeah but thank you pepsi let's get into the week 13 preview we've got a couple games let's roll through these pretty quick because uh, we're already at 45 minutes i don't want to spend some time on our locks uh, let's start with Notre Dame at North Carolina, one of the big games of the weekend. North Carolina uh, is giving four and a half points. What do you think happens here? I don't really see a path to where North Carolina is able to slow down Notre Dame's offense. So because of that, I'm going to take Notre Dame, although I am pretty hesitant um, in this one, only because there is the opportunity for a letdown spot in the defensive side, I think. Uh, the player I'm watching here is freshman tight end Michael Mayer. Um, I think he's second in the team in receptions right now. He's third or fourth in receiving yards. He hasn't been on the field a ton, but when he's been on the field, he's been making a pretty big impact. So they seem to have a, a lot of faith in him, and I, I'd like to see him continue to get touches. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I, I agree with your kind of analysis on on this game. I think Notre Dame ends up winning this, probably not comfortably, but, but I, I think they... They uh, win by a touchdown. I think this is either a shootout or a blowout is what I've been saying. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a really interesting game because you've really got um, a North Carolina defense that has really been struggling as of late. I mean, they just gave up 672 points to to Wake Forest. And Notre Dame has been able to score of late, but then North Carolina's defense has just been like, I mean, sorry, their offense has been able to keep pace, obviously, but Notre Dame's defense has been, has been quite solid. So to me, I just think that, you know, looking at everything, I think just leans more to Notre Dame's favor. Um, They may not have those explosive playmakers like North Carolina does, but I think their defense will be able to slow them down enough and North Carolina won't be able to slow down uh, Ian Book and company. But the player I'm watching is Javante Williams. He's having an absolutely stellar year. He's got 120 carries for 868 yards and 15 touchdowns already this year. Absolutely crushing. Someone I've I've really enjoyed watching this year. So uh, I'm curious to see what he can do against this good Notre Dame defense. If you're um, playing TFS, though, fade him like crazy this week. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Not a, not a great week. Notre Dame's uh, been, been pretty good against the run. Uh, let's move on to Penn State at Michigan. Oh, man. Uh, who would have thought this game would be... Uh, would be what it is with these two teams uh, where they're at in the big 10 right now. Uh, Both really desperately need a win this week. Michigan, of course, as you mentioned, squeaked one out in overtime, Penn state loses again. Um, Who are you leaning here? Michigan, you, you, do you think two and a half is, is enough too much? What do you think? Uh, These two teams are a combined one and nine against the spread this year. Uh, They suck. Um, They've not been good teams to bet on this year. Um, But with kind of keeping that in mind, 
I'm taking Penn State. I, uh, according to S&P Plus, as, uh, they should be a slight favorite in this game, despite their record and despite the fact that Michigan actually has wins on the air. I think this Penn State team, the only argument for taking Michigan in this game is that you think Penn State has completely given up. Last week felt like the one game where it was like truly mind-boggling that they just got throttled. Every other game, they've really just been in it for most of the game. I think this game ends up pretty close, and I think this is Penn State's kind of highlight moment that now they try and rally to get this win. Uh, so I'm taking Penn State. I, I do think they win it outright, but give me the points here. The player I'm going to be watching is Kayvon Lee. He's a freshman running back for them. I've seen comps for to him or comps of Todd Gurley for him. He's been probably their best running back this season, and I think Devin Ford shouldn't get the ball at all so that, yeah that's fair i i don't have a whole lot of reasoning and logic behind this when both these teams are just struggling so bad right now uh but michigan is coming off a win so i'm gonna go with michigan I, i'm gonna watch ronnie bell he's been one of their more interesting receivers i'm hoping he can get going i i really don't have a good feel for this one these teams just uh just seem like they're stuck in the mud right now and really need um some life given to them I, I don't think either team has really given up on their coach yet. Um, I'm curious what, those, what will happen as uh, as this progresses if they if they both can't uh, find find wins in the near future. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of the other big big games, uh, big rivalry game. We've got Auburn at Alabama. Uh, the score line, or rather the uh, the line itself, is not indicative of how great of a game this Iron Bowl can be. But 24 and a half for Alabama here. Um, pretty big number considering Auburn beat this team last year. What do you think happens in this one? I think Alabama wins and I think they win comfortably. Um, no analysis. I, at this point it's been Alabama is number a team. You just bet blindly continue to bet blindly. If you've been doing it, it'll probably continue making you money. I'm going to be watching Devonta Smith because Devonta Smith is fun to watch. He's such a beast. He has so much fun to watch. Auburn, I, I mean, I know they have a good record, but I think they've gotten pretty lucky Suck. in a lot of their wins. Suck. I, yeah, I don't think they're very good. I think Bo Nix is just a fine. I think he's a good college quarterback, but not nothing overly he's special. A bad college quarterback. He's he's a winning college quarterback, which a lot of teams would take. Uh, another reason why. Uh, so the player I'm watching is Tank Bigsby, but he's questionable to play. If if he can't go, uh, that's going to be a real problem for Auburn. He's he's really been. A real focal point of their offense with almost 100 carries for 527 yards and five touchdowns. So he's he's been really good uh, freshman running back for for Auburn. Uh, but if he's out if he's not out there, it's going to be really really difficult. I think Alabama uh, is able to score as many points as they want, and I don't think Auburn is going to be able to keep up. So uh, that 24 and a half is, is is not really scaring me away. So so I, I'm I'm going to lay the points with Alabama as well. Let's move over to the Pac-12 for our final two games here. We've got Colorado at USC. Numbers all over the place. Uh, for the sake of uh, this portion of the show, uh, we're going to use the line at 12 because that's uh, fairly uh, common. You can find it on you can find it on either side. Um, like you can find better numbers on either going in either direction. Excuse that's me. That's our average one. So yes. So who are you, where, where are you where are you going on this one? I'm gonna go USC just because I don't really have a good feel for this, and I'm gonna bet on the team I think should be better on offense. So I'm gonna go with USC, and I'm gonna be watching Brew McCoy. 
Yeah. Who is this man you speak of? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually leaning Colorado on this one. Uh, Colorado's 2-0 against the spread. They're 2-0 straight up. They were underdogs in both of those and, and came out and won them both. So I don't think they pull off the upset here, uh, moving, uh, traveling over to California. But I do think they keep it close. I do think they're able to keep it uh, within, I think they can keep it within 10. Uh, player I'm watching is sophomore running back, Jarek Broussard. He's been just beasting. Again, they've only played two games so far. He's already got 308 yards and three touchdowns, and he's got three receptions for 22 yards as well. So I think he's going to be able to, to, to put some work in against this USC defense. I think Colorado is able to, to, to keep it pretty close. And uh, all my all my good buffs, uh, my, my, our, my fellow alumnus, will, uh, will all be weeping in our glasses of uh, overpriced beer. All right, Utah at Washington. The line is six and a half uh, as far as I could see on Bet Online. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what all the books are putting on that one, but we're going to use six and a half. Where are you leaning on this one? I'm going to go Washington because I think Utah is going to struggle on offense. And I think if they struggle on offense against this Washington defense, Washington can win this game seven to nothing. Um, <laughs> I have no idea how this game's going to go. I just think that Washington's offense is good enough to score points against a defense that I think is going to struggle. The player I'm watching, because he's the only receiver that was, I think, over 100 yards on the year, is Kate Otten. He's a tight end. He's not really going to make any impact in the NFL, but he's worth watching in this game because there's not a lot of offensive talent here. The real <laughs> player I will be watching is freshman cornerback Clark Phillips for Utah because, well, he is fun. Yeah, speaking of defensive players, Elijah Molden is just awesome for Washington. I'm not sure if he's playing this week or not with an injury, uh, but he's, he is someone to watch if he is able to go. I am not sure um, if he will, though, but I agree with you on your analysis of, of picking Washington. Uh, their defense, I, I don't think, will slow down um, given the, the changes, like the change of the schedule. Like Jimmy Lakes just got them dialed in. I think they'll be able to to handle Utah's offense fairly well. They're not the type of offense that's going to run away with things. But like you said, I, I think they can uh, pull out the win in a in a pretty low-scoring game, I'm guessing. I am curious, though, because uh, the Cal-UCLA game that got rescheduled uh, late a couple weeks ago really went uh, differently than than anyone really expected it to. So I'm, I'm curious to see what happens in this one, just to see if these late schedule changes have much of an effect. But Washington being at home, uh, Washington also... Uh, yeah, with that strong defense, I think they'll be able to to pull this one out. So I'll, I'll take Washington minus six and a half as well. Uh, if you guys are looking to bet this weekend, I, I mean, not even this weekend. Let's let's be honest here. We've got betting starting as early as uh, right now. We've got basketball going on again. We've got a full slate. Well, we did have a full slate of, of Thanksgiving games, but we don't anymore. Uh, but but start betting right now. There's so much going on, and Bet Online is a great place to do it. Uh, they're giving you any, everything from game spreads and totals to team player and co- coaching props. It's the best place to wager because they have so many options. So start doing that right now. You can start on uh, get a good look on championship futures. Uh, head to Bet Online right now. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses and don't forget to use the promo code Blue Wire at BetOnline.ag. Uh, that's Blue Wire, all one word. So use that at BetOnline.ag at checkout. All right, let's get into some locks. I think we both have about the same number this week, so why don't you go ahead and uh, and lead us off right now? Northwestern and Michigan State under 41. <laughs> You're disgusting. I'm doing it, and I don't care because I don't think that either one of these teams know how to play offense. Uh, so I, I love it. 
I, I think it's absolutely putrid. It's disgusting. You should be brand. ashamed of yourself. And I bet you that I end up putting a couple uh, a couple of bucks on this one too, because who doesn't want to watch a game where there's less than forty one points? <laughs> I feel like it's going to be more of a, like some low scoring games are because of great defense. I think this one might be more because of bad offense. I'm going to just, I'll sit there. You'll get a text message from me when Peyton Ramsey, like just all of a sudden turns into Joe Montana in this game because he'll have 300 yards passing. And I'll just be sitting here. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, What happened? This team averages two yards a play against Wisconsin. And now all of a sudden they're just scoring points like crazy. But no, I, I'm, I, I genuinely think that right now Northwestern is a blind underplay and yeah, go for yeah. it. We discussed it earlier and let's do it. You know what my kind of blind play is anyone versus Kansas. They're Oh six and one against the spread this year. TCU minus 24 might feel like a high number. I don't care. I'm taking it. TCU minus 24. I'm pretty sure. No, I, no further nano, no further analysis. Pretty maybe. confident. I was on their one push. Um, <laughs> uh, so Mentioned this game earlier. Um, I think Penn State's going to cover two and a half against Michigan. I mentioned that both of these teams really, really awful. Uh, Penn State 0-5 against the spread. Michigan 1-4 against the spread. Michigan kind of has an okay defense, but they really, really struggle to get their opponents off the field. They they have the fifth lowest havoc rate in the country, so they, they tackles for a loss or passes defended or turnovers forced. Uh, fifth lowest in the country, and they allow the 14th most points per opportunity. So when teams get down to the 40-yard line, they're not just getting field goals; they're getting they're getting six. So Penn State is a pretty well, uh, a pretty fast-paced offense. Uh, they're actually only one of five teams in the country to run at least 80 plays per game. Hmm. I just think they they come out there and they end up scoring a decent amount against this Michigan team. And even with the quarterback change, I'm not positive that this Michigan offense is going to be able to keep up. Huh. I almost want to change my pick from earlier on in the show now. Uh, That's some good reasoning right there. I'm not going to because that feels like cheating. Um, But I like that a lot. I think that's really good. Um, Good analysis. I'll be curious to see how that one plays out. It'll be one of those those rare games where, like you said, like they're combined – Record is just absolutely terrible, but you still want to tune in to watch. Uh, my next game, uh, just like I fade Kansas, I like to fade UMass. They've actually not been terrible against the spread because the spread had gotten really out of hand. But this spread against Liberty is only 37 and a half. Yeah, I said only 37 and a half. Liberty is 6-0 and against the spread in their last six. Uh, UMass is, is really, really, really bad. Uh, they've only scored uh, 12 points total in three games, so they're only getting about four points a game. Liberty's defense, I don't think, is going to give up more than you know, uh, maybe two scores and Liberty averages 38 points a game on their own against much better competition. Uh, I think Liberty ends up hanging quite a bit on them. I wouldn't be surprised if they win by more like 50. So give me Liberty minus 37 and a half at you against UMass at home. I like it. Um, another game I mentioned earlier, um, it's becoming a principle. Ohio State's bad in the second half, but they're pretty solid in the first half. Uh, Ohio State minus 14 and a half in the first half against Illinois. If you wait, actually don't wait, get this number at 14 and a half because it's probably going to go up. Um, Ohio State is two and two against the spread on full games, but they're three and one in first half lines. Their mm-hmm. average lead on the year so far has been 19 and a half in first half. And we talk about it all the time. Ohio State still, even with last week's performance, might have the best offense in the country. 
I don't know what to say. I don't think Illinois is going to be uh, Indiana, and I don't think they're going to force turnovers. Yeah, I'm on this game as well. I am on the total. I mean, not on the total. Excuse me. I'm on the, the full game line. I'm at Ohio State minus 28. Illinois is not a very good team at all. Uh, both Wisconsin and Purdue were able to score more than 40 against them earlier this year. I think Ohio State gets to pick their number. And given what happened last week and, and kind of the shenanigans that you hear, like even what you were talking about earlier, where people are doubting Justin Fields all of a sudden, I think this will be a statement game for Ohio State against a very bad Illinois team. But I like your play on it as well. I'm going to agree with you. I won't lock it in because that seems uh, unfair because I didn't have it on my on my slate earlier. But I would recommend people bet, bet both 14 and a half for the first half and 28, because I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State's already up by, by three scores at halftime. You can so, get 27 uh, let's, and a half. Well, let's do 27 and a half. I, that feels much more comfortable. So Ohio State, 27 and a half is my number. Uh, back to you, sir. Um, all right, I mentioned this game earlier. I think that the Notre Dame-North Carolina game either turns into an absolute shootout or an absolute blowout. In both situations, I think Notre Dame's going to be able to score quite a bit of points. Everyone remembers that Louisville game where they only scored 12 points, but since that game, Notre Dame has averaged 42 points per game. The North Carolina defense is averaging 4.1 points per opportunity allowed and is only, um, and they are allowing 3.08 line yards per attempt. Both of those numbers are well, are well worse than national average. And Notre Dame really likes to run the ball. So I think Notre Dame is going to be able to have their way. And yes, it's going to keep the clock moving because they're going to be running the ball but they're going to be incredibly successful running the ball. And I think they will get comfortably over 36 and a half points. I completely agree with you, which is why I'm also on this game. And I am taking the over 68 uh, combined total points in this game, because to your, to your point, I think Notre Dame is able to, to score. And like you said, even though it's running the ball and we often think of that as, you know, running out the clock, they're going to be getting such big chunk plays on the ground that they're going to be able to, uh, to score pretty quickly. UNC, as we know, uh, also can score points. So I, I do think that shootout that you uh, said might take place um, is, is pretty pretty reasonable. But I think it's a shootout that still has Notre Dame winning comfortably. So I'm actually going to lock in Notre Dame minus 4.5 as well as the over 68. So uh, this is my my one double dip for the week. And uh, let's, let's see it. I can't wait. For uh, I've never really liked rooting for Notre Dame. I really have enjoyed rooting for North Carolina, so this one's going to hurt a little bit, but I just want to see tons of points. I'm hoping we see something like what we saw with that Wake Forest game where the points are just all over the point, all over the place. So Notre Dame, Notre Dame minus 4.5, UNC, um, and then uh, over 68. I haven't bet this conference yet this year because they've always been midweek, um, but the MAC is back, and yeah, baby. that makes me very happy. Um I really like this Buffalo team. I do. I think they're a very good team. I like Jarrett Patterson. I think they're very strong. I don't fully understand why they're seven-point favorites against Kent State here. Kent State is a potentially better offense. They're a lot higher. They are a lot higher-paced offense, and I think that they will um, be able to uh, find success against a Buffalo defense that is is very good but isn't amazing. Um when, uh, both these two teams are very run heavy, so I do think it tends to be a little bit lower scoring game. And on defense, Buffalo is actually uh, allows a 43.5% success rate, only stuffs 13% of plays, and allows 3.3 line yards per play. 
So they're pretty bad against the run, which, as I mentioned, Kent State likes to run the ball. They run on 63.05% of plays. Um, Kent State actually creates quite a bit of havoc. They uh, create havoc on 22.8% of opposing plays, and they're pretty successful on offense. They have a 56.1% offensive success rate. I just think this matchup points to a Kent State upset here, or at least keeping the game close. And I, I don't fully understand the line. I think this line's, if you're going to make Buffalo a favorite, I would have probably expected this one to be around three. So kind of surprised here. And I will take uh, Kent State to cover. Hmm. I have no analysis <laughs> to get to give on this game, uh, but I like it. And uh, the action is fun. I've been uh, I've been enjoying uh, betting a lot of action overs and uh, enjoying the results. I have, let's see, one, two, three more games left. So it looks like you have one more. So should I go do two in a row real quick? Or do you want to come up with another one? You can do two in a row. I think I might actually have, actually, I'm going to have more than that. One of the games we already talked about um, is the Washington-Utah game. I'm going to go ahead and jump on that under uh, for the reasons we we mentioned earlier. Uh, You you jokingly said you could see Washington winning this 7-0. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. So give me the under in Washington versus Utah, which is uh, the best I can find is 49 and a half. I don't know if you see any other numbers there, Um, but yeah. Um, The other one I'm going to take, I'm going to take Alabama minus 24 and a half against Auburn. Um, Alabama is just by no brainer. Just go ahead and do it. Team of the year. They are six and zero against the spread in uh, their last six games at home. I think that continues. Alabama minus 24 and a half feels good to me. Go ahead, buddy. All right, uh, my last one. I wouldn't be doing uh, anyone a favor if I didn't pick an under here um, because I like picking unders. Uh, Duke and Georgia Tech under 58. This number is stupid. I don't understand this number. I don't understand why people think this this game is going to get into the 50s. Um, both these teams run the ball more than 50%. Duke is a crazy high-paced offense. Yep, they're incredibly inefficient. They have the 29th worst success rate in the country. Georgia Tech is stuffed on 25% of their offensive rushing attempts, and they both both these teams allow quite a bit of havoc. Um, Duke's defense actually isn't bad, so even though they're bad on offense, they're also pretty solid on defense. They only allow a 39.8% success rate. I, I don't really see a way that any of these teams are scoring. I think Duke does enough on defense to stop Georgia Tech's offense, and I think Duke's offense is bad enough that Georgia Tech is able to stop them pretty regularly. I really think this game should be somewhere in the 40s. I would have thought when I would have uh, when I saw this line, I was expecting to see 47 next to it, and I get 58. Deal. It's interesting that you brought this one up because when I just looked at them, I, I kind of had some of those um, some of the high, higher scoring games from both that both these teams have been a part of either because their defense was so poor or because they just got lucky. And I was like, man, I want to look in this. And, and I was kind of, you know me, I like to look for overs. And so I, I had kind of jotted it down just when I saw the line. I was like, Hmm, this is interesting. Uh, did some research. And within about four minutes, I realized I cannot even think about taking the over in this one. This is disgusting. I need to back away. So I, I really like your, your underplay here because yeah, it's just uh, it's really scary once you look into like a lot of the details that you gave and um, just even researching some of their 
efficiency and, and or lack thereof is uh is, is is pretty brutal so i like this i think the only way you don't get this is if there's a lot of uh <laughs> d- defensive touchdowns or weird blocked kick type scenarios so I, I like that one a lot i actually do have two more for you um one of the ones that the line kind of s- surprised me is uh the iowa state at texas uh give me iowa state plus one and a half and I wouldn't be shocked. In fact, it is one of my upset specials if Iowa State just goes ahead and, and wins this uh, right away. S&P Plus has this as the wrong team favor. They, they uh, kind of their model projects a, a five-point win for Iowa State. So, so give me that. Iowa's defense has been really, really good of late. Uh, we mentioned earlier that they shut out Kansas State. Uh, they're, they're really only allowing like 17 points per game. Iowa State are 4-2 and two against the spread um, in their last six conference games. I like that. Uh, meanwhile, Texas are one four and one against the spread in their last six. Also, this one's fun. Texas is one and six against the spread in their last games played on a Friday. So you got to love that. Also, uh, Herman, uh, since he's been at Texas, is only nine eleven and one as a home favorite. So he has a losing record there. Iowa State, I think, is one of the more underrated teams. I think they're really, really good. Uh, their defense has, like I said, been playing well. Uh, Brock Purdy has really stepped up his game from the beginning of the year where he was maybe struggling a little bit. And Brees Hall continues to be uh, one of the best running backs in the country that not enough people are talking about. He's averaging like 100 yards a game. Uh, I think he's had over 130 in his last uh, half dozen or so. He is just balling out. I think he tears apart this Texas defense. Iowa State, I think, will... um, the, for the lock, I am locking in plus one and a half, but I think they get the outright win. My final um, game that I want to uh, go over real quick here is uh, Colorado plus 13 and a half is the best number I could find. Um, that was yesterday. Maybe it's gone down today. I have not bet it yet, but Colorado plus 13 and a half at USC. None of my research supports this other than the fact that they have been playing above their head. And I think that um, the new coaching staff, uh, has really done a good job of, of getting the best out of their players. I think they're going to be able to keep them close. I don't think they win the game of, uh, by any means. I, I do think they pick up their first loss in the year, but but I don't think USC wins by two touchdowns. So so give me Colorado plus 13 and a half. Those are my locks. Uh, looks like you're adding one more to the docket. We'll do that, and then we'll get into uh, to our upsets. This is my big fuck you pick to Troy. Um, yes revenge maybe got me mad from last week i think app state's pretty solid um i actually think i I was looking at this over and couldn't justify it because i think troy sucks too bad um i made a mistake on them last week it was an absolute uh, garbage pick on my friend part but i don't care um now out of anger i'm going to take probably (laughs) the wrong side on this one and i don't care app state minus 13 and a half you gotta love that analysis um, uh, my, my, uh, like I said, my upset specials for the week, I have a Ohio, excuse me, Iowa state plus, uh, 100 at Texas. And then my other one I'm going to give you is Kansas state plus 180 at Baylor. I think, uh, Baylor is heading in the wrong direction. I think Kansas state, uh, bounces back after a, a, a real beating last week. I think this is a good bounce back spot for them. Uh, what, what do you got for your delightful upsets of the this, week? This one's massively cheating. Um, okay. I'm taking Duke minus or Duke at basically even money um, because this game is now they're a, a one point dog, a one to one and a half point dog against Georgia Tech. Like I said, I just don't think Georgia Tech's very good, and I think that Duke's defense is going to do enough. 
Um, the other one I'm taking is North Texas plus 140. North Texas is the second fastest offense in the country. They run a play on average every 19.5 seconds. Uh, they can score a lot of points. I think they're going to score a lot of points, and I like picking them. That sounds good. Uh, let's go over. Let's go over these real quick. Um, Matt, go over your your uh, your locks, and then I'll go over mine. Just a quick recap. So my locks are Penn State plus two and a half against Michigan, uh, Ohio State minus fourteen and a half in the first half against Illinois, uh, Kent State plus seven against Buffalo, Duke and Georgia Tech under fifty eight, Notre Dame team total over thirty six and a half, Northwestern and Michigan State under forty one and a half, and App State minus thirteen and a half against Troy. Perfect. I've got TCU minus 24 at Kansas. I'm t- taking Liberty minus 37 and a half against UMass. Ohio State minus 27 and a half at Illinois. Notre Dame minus four and a half at UNC and the over 68. Alabama minus 24 and a half at Auburn. I want the under in the Washington Utah game. And no, I don't only pick favorites. I've got a couple dogs for you too. We've got Colorado plus 13 and a half at USC and Iowa State plus one and a half at Texas. So give me some road dogs and some heavy, heavy favorites this weekend. It's going to be outrageous. I can't wait. I really can't. I'm really excited for this weekend of football. It's going to be good. I don't have any Thanksgiving plans because of stupid COVID. So I am going to be bunkered in my house, and the TVs will be on, and it's going to be fantastic football watching time. I like it. uh, I'm doing the same. Um, We are ordering in for thanksgiving tomorrow we're just going oh nice food well because so my wife's a teacher um and there was a kid whose family sent him in after multiple people in their family had tested positive so that was great so they had to shut the school down because every teacher had gotten some type of exposure so we were kind of locking down uh she did end up testing negative so no real concern but as everyone you're only testing negative right now so at the time of the test she was negative so yeah we we're just being a little bit cautious no family we aren't visiting any of um my relatives right now so just kind of making the most of hanging out here well you and i can keep each other company on the on the text of course you all can keep us company too uh check us out at twitter at uh, again that's uh wispy the kid and i'm stay on the co thank you guys so much for listening Uh, We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll try to get this out in time for you to have a good listen before you gouge your face with all the delicious food. Matt, anything you'd like to leave our good listeners with? Bye, Chris Alave. There it is. We'll talk to you next week.